listening to Vocal Underground. Welcome to episode six of Vocal Underground, a music discovery podcast that connects you with the people behind the sound. I'm Cleo Spencer, the former college radio DJ and podcast aficionado behind this venture. With support from STN Digital, a marketing agency based in San Diego, I've created this podcast to support local underground artists and give you, the listener, the opportunity to know them. Because music is about more than just a catchy chorus. It's about giving voice to our stories and connecting over our shared experiences. So let's dig in. Mi Lera. Monica Mendoza and I play guitar, I sing and play keyboards for our band Lera. <laughs> I'm Luis, I play percussions, keyboard and I used to shake my ass but since my leg <laughs> broke I it's kind of impossible right now. Um, but yeah, that's what I do. How do you injure your leg? Uh, Please tell us. A stupid skateboarding, longboarding accident. <laughs> Dang. I, I landed my, my foot wrong and it just, uh, it whipped inside and out and on the way out it just fractured the tibia in two sides and basically pulverized the, the plateau where the, uh, the, this plateau, this side of the plateau, where the knee sits. Monica originally started the project back in 2009, and Luis has been a longtime member since 2011. The other two members, who weren't able to make it to the interview, Mari and Ida, are much newer, but have both fit in seamlessly. I met Luis in 2011. Around there, our oh bands God. played, Eglera played with a band that he was in called Marquez, um, and I was so amazed by the stuff that he was able to do with the percussions and I was always very drawn to having percussions like congas and djembes and bongos in the project and we had a percussionist at the time but um, when I saw uh, Luis play it was really one of those things that I was like right so when the other guy left I like hit him up right away and I had stopped playing um, or the band I was playing and had paused for a bit so I was just anxious to to play with somebody or with another band and she hit me up right at the right at the perfect time and it just mm. meshed meshed in perfectly yeah. and we've been together ever since yeah I know he's stuck by my side because the project yeah she's so annoying and I, I'm surprised <laughs> that I'd stuck for so long <laughs> that's true I agree <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things because the project has gone through different musicians and you know transitions and everything like that and Primo Luis has stuck by my side and been supportive and 
has believed in the project as much as I have, and that's been really amazing to have a member like him. And yeah, there were times where she was like, where she didn't see it going anywhere. But don't worry, I mean, there's a lot of musicians, and they don't have to be from San Diego. We can go to TJ and pick some, and eventually that's. When it started going, uh, you know, we started picking more musicians and heading to the music scene in TJ a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, we're both from Tijuana. Like, I grew up in Tijuana, and we have have played down there and collaborated with musicians down there. At least I have before mm -hmm. I even started La Ra. But I had moved to San Diego, so, like, the band was stationed in San Diego, and it just kind of naturally happened after that and we started jamming with different musicians and we went back to our roots <laughs> to our hometown and and we met uh mari our current drummer there and yeah it's been kind of it's been a family ever since and that's been the lineup that, that has, has lasted yeah more, yeah more and it has really defined the growth of Lera too, because before the members that were in the project have been great and they have allowed the band to become what it was, what it is now, but they, what it is now is finally what I feel like I've always envisioned the project to be. So having members like Luis and Mari, who is in here, and uh, Ida, our bass player, yeah, the, that's the lineup that, that feels the strongest. In addition to returning to their roots in the Tijuana scene, personal experiences have also aided in the growth of Leira's sound over the years. When I first started the project, I was also on a different level in my life. And the musicians that I was collaborating with uh, were also on a different level. Um, and at the time, it was me and my boyfriend who started like the band. Uh, he was our bass player for some time. And we broke up and <laughs> he left the band and we stuck with the project. Um, so I guess the project has been through not only like emotional uh, change, but musically as well. Um, the transitions that, that it's gone through were not only with musicians that have come and gone or have like left the band, but also musically. We've done a lot of growth with the way that we write and it's Some just, really good breakup songs came out. Of that <laughs> <Yeah. era. laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and actually, it's it's one of those things like like at the time you don't see it because you're so caught up with the emotions of like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, and this band is done or whatever. But we you don't realize that it's like one of those amazing opportunities to continue to grow musically and allow the emotions to become songs for the growth of the band.
it was it just felt it's hard to say because I don't want to say like oh yeah these are the songs that you know that we love but we do love them we yeah. we feel inspired They're trippier. To, <laughs> they are they have more depth they have more growth they have more feeling they have more um, aggression more rock and roll <laughs> it's definitely that I feel like that's the biggest thing right like when we started to get noisier and really more aggressive with not only vocally but lyrically and musically and adding more toys like Louis started playing synth and that was outside of his comfort yeah. zone you know I and triggers yeah because he was always just percussionist like playing percussion and finally I was like hey like play the synth play here's the triggers yeah, I, and bet, then he's I, like, I have wanted to not saturate you know everything with with you know with percussions so Every little toy that I would get my hands on, I would just experiment with and just fill in the gaps. And, mm -hmm. and when I started messing around with the synth, it was just like, it, it came naturally. Mm -hmm. it good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, that's the other transition of the band too, where we started implementing little toys like that, you know, like adding an extra synth, adding triggers, um, sound pads where you know, there's like little extra noises that fill in the, that makes the sound fuller. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's definitely a sound that we have been looking for and finding our sound. When they're not developing Lera, both musicians have plenty else on their plates. Luis has teenage kids who live in Tijuana, and Monica works as an architect in Orange County, in addition to playing in multiple other bands. Music is definitely a huge part of our lives. It's not a hobby for us. It's it's very much a career in the same way that our day job is also a career for us and in, in what we do to survive. I, I am an architect. I work full-time as an architect um, at an architecture firm in Orange County. So I work Monday through Friday, um, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every six day. six hours of traffic. And <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, and that's just, that was, that's also been my passion since as long as I could remember. And it's definitely not, for me, it's not like, oh, I, I work because I have to pay my bills. For sure, you do. You have to pay your bills. But also, I'm very passionate about what I do. And the mutation between both has been something that I've been trying to find and search for as well. And, and for me, the mutation between music and architecture and and how they can influence each other and, and how they can also allow space for them to live together in this space and time, you know. And how does Monica balance these two time-intensive and demanding passions? Passion, that's exactly it. <laughs> when you're passionate about something, you'd be amazed what you're able to do. I think that for me, it has been important to not limit myself into thinking that I am only in this world to do one thing in my life. I think the society has like created and embedded that in people um, to like, oh, you have to only focus on one thing and succeed in that one choose thing. Choose one path. And choose one path. But that's not, there's a lot of people that I know, including myself, that is just not how I'm wired. Because honestly, that's, that's really not the only option. Like when you, for me, like I'm, incredibly passionate and so in love with architecture and with music and I want to be successful in both and the only way that I know how to do that is by doing it and not really limi limiting myself 
So I think that I have learned to find the passion, the balance between both thanks to the fact that like, I feel like architecture school put me in this, in this space that really gave me a discipline and how to balance things and how to be able to do more than one thing at the same time, you know, multitasking actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like I have, I definitely have school to thank for that, for giving me that discipline and also myself to really push myself to, to not give up on the things that I'm passionate about. And it's exhausting. It's super tiring. Like, don't get me wrong. There's times where I feel super overwhelmed and I just want to like throw the towel and give up. But then when I think about and I visualize myself not doing one or the other, I, I get sad. Like not when I when I'm not doing music, I something is missing. In the same way, when I'm not practicing architecture and growing as a designer, like I, I feel like something's missing as well. So what do I do when when that when that void is there? It's like, well, I'm gonna continue to do both until I no until I feel that I can no longer do it. With the four members split between living in Tijuana and San Diego, Leira is no stranger to working and playing across the U.S.-Mexico border. They embrace being a Frontera band, and the way their existence helps to blur that boundary. We've, uh, we're border rats. We, yeah. we grew up crossing the border every day. I've been crossing the border every day for the last 20 plus years. You know, and uh, we're used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, practice, we, I live in Mexico, I live in Tijuana, and the drummer lives in Tijuana. Um, she lives in San Diego, so we, you know, cross and we, we, I, I work in a warehouse which is right near the border on the U.S. side. Mm-hmm. So we just jump across, practice, and then everybody goes home. And mm-hmm. and in the TJ shows, you know, we go play the TJ shows, go home. <laughs> she crosses over or stays over. I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a hassle for us because we're used mm-hmm. to it. At least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's totally right. Like I. We growing up in Tijuana and living living down there up until what, I like moved in to San Diego in two thousand eight, but I grew up in Tijuana and lived in Tijuana my whole life and would cross the border to either work or go to school and then go back and go home and or live our lives in Tijuana in the same way that we live our lives in San Diego. I think it's it's. It's definitely a, a part of our lives. Like we are border border people, frontera. That's why we're mm-hmm. like a frontera band, because we're you know we're trying to also allow ourselves to 
to say, hey, like we are border people and we, even though there's like a physical border there, we, we almost don't feel that it's there because we cross it almost every day. And breeze by it sometimes. Yeah. Breeze, I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's you again. <laughs> and, you know, and that's how you become to also blur that line, you know, blur that border in a way um, by allowing ourselves to play on the other side of the border. I guess I'm wondering if you feel like the two scenes or the t you're these kind of uh, two cities have, like influence each other a lot or? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Tijuana is a city that's very much influenced by San Diego, the language. We are bilingual people. We are so influenced by the culture too. The like the even in a way like we're like the agringados, you know. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people from Tijuana are, are. I have a lot of friends that that can't even cross but can quote a bunch of episodes of Seinfeld and the Simpsons <laughs> because you know the they grew up watching Channel Six. That's like the, <laughs> the you know, one of cartoons the cartoons and and TV shows and and they absorb everything, man. And it's, it, it is it is a big influence in in, in Mexico and yeah. Tijuana. It's one of the relics of living in a border town mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you, you can't help but allow that to bleed through both cities. I feel like San Diego could use a lot more of what Tijuana has as far as culture. Because San Diego, you know, it's, it's great over here, but there's a lot of privilege in San Diego that Tijuana doesn't have. And, and seeing how close to the border it is, and having the things that happen in San Diego not happen in Tijuana because of that privilege is kind of, it's, it's a sad thing. Yeah, there is a, you see the, the drastic change mm -hmm. as soon as you get across. Um, I, I think San Diego is, is, is getting better, you know? Absolutely, like, I've, of course. And musically, I feel like Tijuana has a, a wider, more talented breed of musicians. It's, and people in general. It's incredible. Like there's a sea of musicians in Tijuana. It's amazing, and so many amazing bands, like very talented bands that are that are active now, and they're hustlers and they're working really hard every day. Speaking on the differences in privilege between the two cities, Monica explains why she moved to San Diego from Tijuana in 2008. Uh, there was a lot of different reasons. One of the re the main reasons wa was that shit was going down in Tijuana and 2008 in was 2008 was one very of the worst years it was one of the worst years that 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 made a lot of people also stay away from Tijuana you know the the whole narcotraficante movement that was happening flourished in 2008 I mean even though it's been happening for years it finally surfaced in 2008 and it hit home it hit home and and it our lives were just on constant threat pretty much daily so I made that decision and with my family too they were like you need to get out of you need to get out of Tijuana like especially our home where we were living our street I grew up in a space that there was a lot of uh, malandros um, shady people yeah shady, shady people and there was a lot of like people selling drugs and it was just not the best so that became a dangerous uh, place to live in. And even though growing up was so normal for us, it was so normal, it was just a part of your life, you know, that you wouldn't even think otherwise because this is what you, what you have. Um, so that was the main reason. 
because I just needed to to change to change that and mm -hmm. and not get so caught up in that lifestyle and the other reason also was uh, to finish my career I had applied to new school of architecture and design in downtown mm -hmm. and got accepted so that pushed me even more to move over here and finish my schooling and I've been here ever since yeah so two two big reasons why I still live in, in TJ I mean I've lived in in Chula Vista you know throughout my life mm -hmm. you know I don't know for uh, five or six years you know but uh, but no, it's easier for me and TJ. My kids live down there with their mom, and it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. It's more fun, <laughs> and it's it's more dangerous right now than than when she left. It's the mm -hmm. the death toll has gone up. This year has surpassed whatever happened in '08, mm -hmm. and this shit we live with it. You know, yeah. I mean, you get used to it, or you don't. But you know, you have to you have to go through life. You have to go through your everyday routine and hope, you know, that no, nothing bad happens, you know. It's just sad, man. It's, that's where my kids grow and, you know, it's it's unsafe for them too. So, it's a bummer. Go to Tijuana. Don't be discouraged. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> like many cities, Tijuana contends with violence in many forms but that shouldn't overshadow the brilliance and resilience of the people living there. One great reason to go to Tijuana is to catch a show with one of the city's many talented bands. Monica is uniquely familiar with Tijuana's vibrant music scene because of Girl Independent Ladies, her women-centered booking collective. I actually have, um, I started a collective called Girl Independent Ladies, and I book band, uh, shows in Tijuana, San Diego, and it's pretty much a hub for women to meet and it supports women in music mm -hmm. and I tend to book a lot of shows in Tijuana and try to to blur that border wall and make it seem like there's no wall at all mm -hmm. um, and in the process of doing that I have like encountered amazing bands from Tijuana as well um, there's one of the ones that keep standing up that I know that are like hustling and they're so amazing are Entre Desiertos Entre Desiertos, uh, they're a band from Tijuana. Uh, they're a five-piece, four-piece, and they're incredible. Like, their music is so incredible. They're super talented guys, and they're hustlers. They don't stop playing. I mean, I feel like it's one of the best bands in Tijuana, to be honest, hands down. Yeah. suggests, Monica was heavily influenced by the Riot Girl movement and her creation of the Girl Independent Ladies Collective. However, part of this influence was looking to fill the lack of support the original movement had for women of color. Uh, in, I think that 
that one of the things that I really admired about the scene was the fact that they were supporting women in music and 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 making it or fighting for equality in that in that way. Um, but the one thing that really stood out is like, wow, there there's only these are it's like mainly white uh, ran by white women and supporting their fellow white women as well. I don't, there's no support for, for, for brown women in the industry. There's like definitely no for, for black women in music or Mexican women in music or Latin, Latinas in music, um, um, including like Asian musicians as well. Um, and I think that with Grow Independent Ladies and, and being, growing up in Tijuana and being a border uh, girl, a, a border woman, like has definitely influenced what I do with Grow Independent Ladies and, and the fact that I want to be able to support all women in music, no matter where they come from, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and be able to feel equal, to feel that we're all in this together and there's no competition and I'm no better than you are and we are, ever, we are the same. And to be able to, to, to have a space, a safe space for them to express themselves, and that's what I, because that's what I would love, you know? That's what I, I want to be able to go to a space and, and feel safe, um, no matter what my background is, no matter where I come from. So that was definitely one of the things that was like lacking in the Riot Girl movement. But the idea just kind of clicked. I, I, I thought that I was going to just do a, a festival like once a year, you know, of a Girl Independent Ladies Festival. But then I realized it's like I want to do this all the time. Like I want to be able to book shows for for my fellow women that are killing it in music, and and create a platform for them. And if they don't know how to get a contact to play in Mexico, then now they do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that has like opened up our our horizons too. And we met incredible bands and. And yeah, I'm able to 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 blur that border wall too, and to use the border as a social infrastructure with music, and mm. and and hopefully in that way, like people can feel more inspired to to come to Tijuana and 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 collaborate down there and play music down there and feel that they have a space where they can express themselves musically. Beyond the Riot Girl movement. Monica also cites the Britpop movement and Norteño music as main influences. Yeah, um, I mean, I am heavily influenced by uh, the whole Britpop movement that happened that came out of Manchester mm -hmm. um, in the maybe mid '80s, early '90s, and that's what I grew up listening to. Um, when the whole Britpop movement was happening, they were, I mean, bands like Oasis, bands like Blur, like Stone Roses, they were writing about things that hit home for us because they were coming from a town of nothing you know a town in manchester city like and a lot of the things that were happening there and that they were writing about were very much like in relationship to where we grew up and the things that we were going through um, and that was a huge influence in for me musically that's that for me that changed my whole my whole vision in music um, Britpop that's the <laughs> what really hits home for me but you know at the same time when Britpop was happening there were also a lot of bands in the early 90s that were happening that were coming up from Mexico 
and the whole rock and español movement was happening and a lot of the bands from from mexico that were writing in spanish finally like they were you know bands that were writing in our language were heavily influenced by a lot of the british movement you know as but you know like bands like the smiths as well you know like all those bands um have influenced our growth as well um but yeah also norteño norteño music and or having my dad like because he used to sing in a ranchera band and he was singing rancheras and hearing him sing every day and and or seeing my uncles play and ranchera songs that was also a huge part which is i think a huge reason why we were so drawn to having percussions in the project you know having that latin flavor that that we grew up with yeah and as we wrap up this episode here's some advice from luis and monica for new musicians who are just starting out practice a lot it's not easy it's not easy and and if you love it just keep at it Put in all your passion, put in all your, you know, all that drive into it, and eventually you'll see, you'll see it blossom, and it's gonna be good. You're gonna get good shows. <laughs> Definitely practice, practice patience as well. Be patient with yourself, and also be okay with not being patient with yourself, and be okay with, with not being you know, at a standard of what people would think that you are supposed to as far as like your skills go. Like to be okay with just, with just playing and being with yourself and your skin and creating what you're doing because you love it and not because you want to satisfy someone else. Like don't do it for someone else, definitely do it for yourself. And, and, and no matter what people tell you, don't forget how good you are. Respect what Monica and Luis are saying Show them some love by following them on Facebook or Instagram at Le Ra Band. All the songs you heard during this episode are off their soon-to-be-released album, Limbs, coming out this month. And don't forget to follow us, at Vocal Underground, for the latest updates on new episodes and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with the next featured band. Till then! <laughs> <laughs>